career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? My relationship is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. I'll never find love. Why can't I be like other gay guys? Hey guys, it's time to get a grip, stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40-plus gay life. Let's get to the show with your tell-it-like-it-is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick or a diva unless you act like one first. Hey, 40-plus gay man, gay talk followers and listeners, we are back once again, and many of you are transforming on a daily basis? How many of you are stepping into you or how many of you are afraid to step into you because you're letting some things like being perfect or having the right job or not sure direction. So you're just going to go and quote, play it safe. Well, today we're going to explore what does it look like when you truly transform into you. And today's guest is an empathic guide that I met through another amazing, beautiful podcast that I follow and I'm part of their group. It's the Gay Men's Brotherhood and kind of reached out to them and got to know Warren Augustine, who's going to be chatting with me momentarily. And we had a connection and I'm like, I think you need to come on and let's just talk about this, finding your way and finding your path and who you really want to be, regardless of where you are in your life journey as a gay man. So we're going to have a really super just candid conversation about where he's transformed and where he is today and what he's learned to let go of. And a couple of things that he said before he came on that just I'm looking forward to having you here chatting with my followers. So welcome to the podcast, Warren. Happy to have you here, man. Thank you so much. It's a it's an honor to be on the podcast, and um, I'm really I'm really psyched to really get deep and you know mm-hmm. by the collective. So, so I'm gonna just start by what we were talking about before we came on. I said, "How are you today?" And he just lit up. It's a Monday, folks. We're literally recording this on a Monday, and for most <laughs> of us, Mondays kind of freaking suck. Let's just go there, right? Not yeah. all of us. I mean, I kind of like Monday. I kind of like Monday. Like, okay, let's try to do this again. Mm-hmm. Not so much this Monday because I didn't sleep real well last night, but even then I'm like, hey, it's kind of fun. But I loved the smile and the energy you were bringing. And then when I said to you, so let's talk about what we're going to go today. And you said, I really want to talk about this transformation I'm in. So yeah. give us a little bit of let's step into that a little bit, a little bit, and we'll go deeper into this transformation you're discovering for yourself as a gay man. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Um, you know, so for a very long time, I was placed in a box. From a very young age, I had to kind of be perfect, groomed, controlled, because I was essentially a face of a of a company. Um, so everything was dependent on my abilities to perform, to bring in sales, to bring in money. And within the last year, I decided, you know what, I no longer want to live in this identity where I have to be tipping on eggshells and really not be my authentic self. Mm. So I made that decision at the beginning of this year, 2023, that I was going to start delegating and start shedding all of the things that no longer serve me. So today, on a Monday, I go into my job, I know that I... I'm going to be happy because whatever I do, I'm going to do for me in my happiness. I'm going to keep my power. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So yeah, I was just I was just in multiple years, multiple journeys, a lot of codependency, a lot of people pleasing because I did not have that unconditional love for myself. I had unconditional love for my work, for my employees, for other people, for um, unavailable men, um, you know, just for other people. But I did not have that unconditional love for myself. So after that's a big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a huge thing. And I think so many of us as gay men, this is probably one of the biggest boulders in our lives is that unconditional love for ourselves. Yeah. It's really painful. And I love that you're, I love Warren that you're tying this to like this career. I know it's not all just career thing, but this is one of those things that I think gets a lot of us as men, but especially gay men really thinking about, is this all there is? And so yeah. as you stepped into this, this year, I mean, I know it's been a journey a little bit, we've interacted, but as you started to unfold into this, and I love that you said, you know, when I come in on Monday, this is, I'm doing this and this is my way. What started to really unfold and what started to change within you that you knew this was a big transformation happening? Um, so for the, 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 the moment I knew that there was a big transformation is when I really started tapping into the closet, the things that I hid, like as a gay man, like, eroticism and my pleasures and like all of those stuff in that arena in that sexual arena when I started addressing that and really started owning and acknowledging it and telling myself it's okay to you know to embrace all of these parts of you that's when things started opening in my life so the truth and where my mind or where my um where my life or where spirit wanted me to go, it it connected and it just kind of just gave me that approval process that like go ahead. Like you're in your truth, your truth is your currency, your truth is your un unlimited supply of of currency of money so with that truth you can do anything on this planet on this earth you can manifest what you want so that's mm-hmm. what started it all and that but that was around april of this year of 2023 mm. i love this you know conversation about manifesting what you want and some guys listening may go oh, okay we're going woo woo guys we're not going woo woo you can manifest what you want. You can manifest like getting a good night's sleep. I'm going to manifest that tonight. I'm telling you, I've already been <laughs> all day. I'm going to get a good night's sleep. I'm going to get a night's sleep. But there's been many, many things when I started embracing that. Okay, what do I want to manifest? What do I want to bring into my world? Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things was about, oh man, it's probably been seven years ago now. I was like, I wonder what it would be like to have my business, but have like, another part of the business be working with the right kind of company where I got to do what I love doing, which is coaching, but Mm -hmm. I could also have my practice and my podcast and everything as part of the overall bigger picture, but not feeling like I got to go to work. I got to go to work. I got to go to work. It was one thought, Warren. It was one thought. And then the more I thought about it, and then I heard Oprah talking about manifestation and stuff one day, I'm like, okay, well, let's just start to really do this. And then some other people out there. And before I knew it, 
four years ago, two weeks ago, I started working for the company that I now work for. Yeah. And it's everything that I wanted. Yeah. Every bit of it. Because I put the intention out there. And I think this is something that we as humans, but I'm going to go back to us as gay men. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we leverage this power within us to make things come to life. And I'm sure you've seen that now in your own world. Yes, I have. I have for myself. I realized that I was the I was the the brick. I was the boundary of of where I needed to go. For a very long time, I stayed in a very like negative cycle, a lot of excuses. This is not going to happen to me. I can't go on this date because I am not, you know, I'm not fit enough. I'm not, you know, masculine enough. Like there was always some type of cycle I was continuing to go into and then when I go into this cycle I don't feel motivated I don't feel mm -hmm. empowered and that energy would give off to other people that they wouldn't want to be associated with me or they right. will reject me out of unconditional love for themselves which I'm learning today out of unconditional love for themselves they are rejecting because it's not a match but me in my negative or my down space is taking that rejection like there's something wrong with me right so mm -hmm. it, there's so much things that has come unfold in the last six months because when I made that decision to say like, yes I am going to do this I am going to embrace my truth it slowly started putting me on the other side of the mirror so that I know that like right now I know that I'm doing everything out of unconditional love for myself. So if I am not in agreement with something or I'm not vibing with something, I'm doing it out of unconditional love for myself. And I send love to that person, but then also I keep myself as a priority. So, Well, and I like that you, okay, so it's interesting. I've had this conversation with lots of people throughout the years of podcasting and coaching. I was expecting you to say, I keep, I, I do this to protect myself. And I love that you use the word priority because mm -hmm. when you make yourself a priority there, and this is probably something that people are going to scratch their head on, then there's nothing to protect because you've made yourself the priority, not mm -hmm. out of selfishness. There's a difference. Yes. And it can be a little selfish because it's taking back our power. It's taking back saying, wait, 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 I do matter. I do matter. I don't have to, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody on our vacation and we had a really, really good discussion around this. Like, and it was an interesting conversation around open relationships. And he said, I feel like if I'm not honoring that piece of myself, then I'm not making myself a priority in what I want sexually. Mm -hmm. And I'm also not making my partner a priority by being honest with them and, and letting them know the truth. So right. I'm letting them be diminished by that conversation. And it was really fascinating. And we went into a whole thing because he was, he was actually a tantric teacher that was talking through all this sort of stuff. And, you know, people were uncomfortable in the room, you know, they're like, Oh, we've never, we've explored this, but what would it look like? You know? And, and it was really interesting mm -hmm. because it is about making yourself a priority and not being afraid to say, this is what's important to me. 
doesn't mean if it's not important with your other partner that, okay, oh, everything's an explosion. But if you don't say it, how are you serving yourself and how are you serving them? So yeah. I love that this priority piece is important. Yes. So I'm assuming that it hasn't been just a priority in the workspace. I, no. I would assume it's a priority in all aspects of your life. No, no, absolutely. It has definitely been a priority in like every, every aspect. But the root of the priority started within myself and my personal life. Mm-hmm. When I acknowledge that unconditional love within myself and my personal life, like I am worthy, like I'm deserving to be in a relationship. So for a very long time, like I've been this hopeless romantic, like I've never been in a relationship relationship like I I was desperate to be in a relationship and when I acknowledge that okay I need to make myself a priority I need to do whatever turns me on to make myself a priority and focus on that that's how everything in the other arenas, my work, um, you know, so many multiple things that I do, um, friendships and just connections and networking, all of that, that started all to rise up. And I started feeling more confident in showing up, being seen, you mm-hmm. know, so like I've always, I always used to in my past would want to hide and protect myself because I don't want to be seen. I'm not worthy. Now I want to be the center of attention. I want to be um, seen, you know, you know, being seen is like. Powerful. Like, like, yeah. It's, it's powerful. It, it's, it's powerful. And with me embodying this confidence and this spirit, people want to be connected to me. They want to be attached to me. They want to know more about it. Like I, it draws this curiosity, like, ooh, like what is Warren all about? Like, like mm-hmm. I love that curiosity. I love, especially, <laughs> I just love curiosity. I love people to like figure me out and I figure them out. It's, it's beautiful. But this confidence piece is such a key element to this journey. Yeah. And, and I know for me, I'm a, you and I sound very similar, even though we haven't really talked about this. I'm a people pleaser. I have done that my whole life from staying in the closet till I was 36 and finally coming out to going in the closet at 19. After I told my parents, I was getting, okay, well, we'll, you know, we'll try to fix all this, blah, 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 blah. Everything has been about pleasing others. But the flip side to that is pleasing others is also pissed me off every step of the way, because I'm like, okay, I'm doing this for you. Now, what am I getting back in return? And that was the biggest mistake. It's like, just because you do something for someone else doesn't mean you should immediately assume you're going to get something back in return. But it was my way of trying to be seen. Mm -hmm. I have struggled to be seen, to be seen, which is really funny because now people are like, oh, you're just a big old Leo. I'm like, yes, I am a Leo. I love the spotlight, but I've had to manage that too. Like how I want to be seen versus egoic being Mm -hmm. seen, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So on this beautiful, amazing trip we just came back from, it was really one of the things that I was most petrified of doing and so glad that I did. There was a comedy workshop for we were on this ship for 17 days. And I won't go into a lot of detail, but there was seven days we were at sea. So they had to keep us entertained somehow, right? So <laughs> we did a comedy workshop with the intention being that, hey, after we go through this over the four days of doing it, that those of us who wanted to do stand-up comedy could do it, right? I'm like, okay, I'm a public speaker. This, you know, let's do this, right? But I was petrified. But to the being seen, the guy who actually kicked off the show that night 
great guy, funny as could be, but he didn't see it. But he told a, a story, and he's like probably mid forties, about watching Romper Room, and how watching Romper Room, his name never. I see you this, and I see you Warren, I see you Rick, I see. He goes, my name never got called. But then she said my brother's name and I felt like I was never seen. And the beautiful way he wrapped up his whole comedy routine was he goes, so I just hope that as you see me around the ship, that if you see me, you'll say, hey, Kevin, I see you. Hey, Kevin, I see you. And it was such a beautiful, vulnerable mm -hmm. piece. But the way he did it, it was absolutely freaking hilarious. Yeah. Of course, as soon as he said, so that's my shtick. So thank you, everybody. And I hope to hear you say, hi, Kevin, I see you. And of course, what did the audience do immediately? Hi, Kevin, we see you, you know, really it was nice. such a beautiful thing. Yeah. And it gave him so much confidence mm -hmm. that he was approaching people. He's probably, I, I could tell just observing him because I worked with work beside him the whole time we were both getting ready to do comedy. He probably wasn't used to being that outgoing, you know, mm -hmm. and that beautiful confidence. And I actually said to him at the end of it, I said, number one, cool that you kicked this off because he really set the tone for the rest of us that were coming up on stage. Mm hmm. But I also said, cool that you gave yourself permission to be seen. Yes. And I think that's a big piece for all of us as LGBTQ people, but especially, and I always say this, especially gay men, yes. we have a hard time of giving ourselves permission to be seen for who we really are. It's just such yes. a big thing. Yeah. Permission is a really big thing. And I think for me, I finally gave myself the permission to be seen because I was tired of sacrificing and feeling hopeless. Mm. I think, well, I don't think, I know there was a point where I was just so tired of just sacrificing a lot and not seeing the return on investment, not, not feeling 100%. And I believe it was just so heavy that I was like, you know what? Forget this. I'm dropping all of this. I'm just rebelling. I'm being wild. I'm doing what I want. Mm -hmm. And that's how all of this came out. And I did it very like, I did it without like any second guessing. Like I didn't care what, you know, what family would say, what friends would say. Like I didn't care about anything. I was just like rebelled. And I used the word rebel, not in a negative way, but in a in an uplifting, like encouragement way. Like I'm mm -hmm. going to, again, put myself as priority. I'm giving my permission to myself to do all of this stuff, to believe in this stuff, to embrace all of these things. And that in itself was very empowering. And what I learned through that journey is that the people that mattered the most, they were all fine with it. They were like, okay, like I see you, Warren. Like, good job. <laughs> like, yeah, like this is this is this is what we want to see. And I'm I'm all for it. And the people that had an issue with it, they exited, they said what they wanted to say and they exited my life or they, you know, they disassociated themselves with me, which is all good. Unconditional love. Right. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, but this, but this is a piece, you just brought up something that's a big piece of this. Yeah. This is one of the things that will keep people from showing themselves of, Oh, but I'm going to lose people. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? If you're going to lose people and they're not willing to be with you on this part of your journey, then they probably weren't your people. 
The people you want to be surrounded by are the people who are willing to stand there with you and are willing to say, okay, I see you in a new way. And you know what? I still want to be with you. You know, and I think this is one of the things that when I'm working with guys in my coaching practice around confidence, the thing that keeps them from being confident is worrying about who they might not have in their life if they show their true selves. Mm. And I said, that's the thing that should be fueling your confidence is who can you pull into your life because you are showing your true self. Yes. Those who don't want to be there, they're not going to be there for a reason because there's something that you're doing that's pushing the button on them. I agree. I agree. I personally challenge myself weekly to do something that's honors me and electrifies me and kind of triggers not, I, I guess the word, that's the wrong word trigger but I do something every week a challenge for myself to really push the envelope to embrace who Warren is and in that process of me pushing the envelope again people leave it's not their cup of tea like I totally get it like what I'm writing and speaking expressing showing about myself it's not people's cup of tea it may be due to their insecurities or whatever but at least this allows the 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 environment to be clean I should say, or people that are going to be my extra cheerleaders because I'm the Mm -hmm. cheerleader for myself. So these are going to be my extra cheerleaders. So, Well, and that's a powerful piece of success is surround yourself with people who can be your cheerleaders. Now, granted, we need to be respectful that we can't rely on them, but I love how you position this. I'm going to be my cheerleader and I need others to be circling around me with that. You didn't say I need all these people to do it. And then I'll cheerlead myself because if you cheerlead yourself first, at least what I have observed when I do this is I get others like cheerleading me at that moment, because I'm putting off this energy, even as I, I had never done stand up comic. I mean, I'm people say I'm a funny guy. Most of the time I pull stuff all the time, but to go do a comedy set, that's a whole nother ball game, right? Mm-hmm. And as I started talking to people on the ship about, hey, this is what I'm doing and everything, they're just like, you're going to be a natural at this. I wasn't vying for that out of them, but I, I appreciated like, oh, here's my here's my little support group. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when it came down and it happened, I was like, OK, cool. Even my husband was my cheerleader, you know, and I, and I, I didn't expect him not to be, but I didn't go. I really need you. Otherwise, I can't make this happen. Because I know I had to be pushing myself and that's where it came. And then as soon as I did, I was like, I'm having fun. I'm going to push myself. I'm going to do this thing. And so I was, in your words, being my own cheerleader. And that helped me attract like type energy around me to make things happen. And unfortunately, I think a lot of gay men, when they get into their shit, to be honest, Yes. They don't realize they can get out of that if they decide to advocate and cheerlead themselves first. And then that energy will bring other people to surround them and build that beautiful energy up. Right. So, right. You also said something that you were in some very conflictual like relationships and stuff. And I think this is a big, you know, I was definitely 
when I was married to my ex-wife, I was in a very codependent relationship. I didn't see it until I got out of it. But I realized how much of that was preventing me from stepping into being me and saying, wait, 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 stop. This is who I really am. And yes, part of it was I'm gay. But there were other pieces of me that I was like, well, okay, this is what I have to do because this is what's important to her. And this is what I need to be to be a dad. And this is what I need to be a husband. And I realized as I came into my relationship with my now husband, how important it was for me to define who I am as a husband, as a father, as a gay dad, as a gay businessman, as a guy who, you know, all these things to define it for me first so that I wouldn't get back into codependent, got to have this, and then I'm not happy. I'm curious, did you find that for yourself too? That like, you kind of said you did because you started shedding, quote, some people in your world and stepping away from that dependency on others. But I'm curious how that might have manifested for you. Yeah, so how how that happened for me, it wasn't in a, um, like an intimate like relationship mm-hmm. sense, but mainly like coaches or um, just friends in general. Yep. Like, so I have always been that guy that I love community. I love building community. I love being surrounded by community. And that's what I've always wanted in the gay community or just in my life in general is just to be surrounded by beautiful community. And throughout the years, I've had some really heavy codependency like on that, um, especially in gay community. And um, how I navigate through those is literally falling on my face allowing the behaviors of being codependent and people pleasing, allowing myself to see what a narcissist is and having someone from the outside call it out to me and say like, listen, this is what's happening. I want nothing to do with you. Like you are like unrelevant in my world. Like literally that's what happened to me. And that's what woke me up um, in regards to like, I have to change because I just lost a really good friendship because I failed to see that I was in some really deep shit um, being codependent with people, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. believing a lie, being fed a lie, just because I wanted friendships or I wanted community or I wanted love because I didn't unconditionally Mm -hmm. love myself. So Mm -hmm. that's how everything actually started. And Oh, I can so relate to that. That's how everything started in my world. And that's, I had to literally leave one community and be in darkness to find another community you feel what unconditional love is and yeah that's essentially what has happened to me like I left one community and went to another community and now I'm thriving in that community versus not Mm. thriving in the other so I love that you brought this up because first I'm going to start with the codependency thing I think so many people think codependence is only in intimate relationships I'm like oh no 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 (laughs) <laughs> it happens in so many ways. When I, right after I started my own business, I was vying for attention with 
some of my gurus, some of the people that I were like, okay, this, this person's teaching me about podcasting and this person teaching me about speaking and coaching. And, you know, and I was going after fish well above my station, which isn't a bad thing, but I was like doing everything, showing up and going, you know, traveling sometimes hours to go to, you know, a book signing just to be seen and that sort of stuff. And it wasn't until years later, Warren, that I realized I was codependent on the need to be seen by those people. Mm -hmm. They loved me for who I was, but I was going after them in the same way of, okay, if I please them by showing up, they're going to really think I'm a cool guy. So then I'm going to get some, and that was my codependency. And then when I started really seeing that, I'm like, what the hell are you doing, Rick? Mm -hmm. What are you doing? And even to this day, I, I question when I'm doing stuff like, is this because I'm stepping back into that old pattern or am I doing this because, yes, this makes sense. This is the way I can move something forward. The other piece of that that I love that you just shared, I mean, I loved all of it. There's a couple of things that popped out. I love that you love community because this is one of the things. And I know I know, you know this because of what you do with Gay Men's Brotherhood, because I see the posts in there all the time. How do I make friends? How do I find my community? Da, 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 da. I think for most guys, it's like you just have to really love community and you have to find how you can find your community your way. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to build it for you. Mm-hmm. Nobody. You know, in a short 17-day vacation on a cruise, it was interesting to watch how I created my community. I found my people. I found who I resonated with. I found who I could have conversations like this. I also found who I didn't have to have super deep conversations and like, let's just check out the guys, you know? And it (laughs) it was, it was just such an interesting thing. And I realized too, that there's certain parts of the community I just didn't resonate with. And, And that's okay too, because I was unraveling and peeling back all the layers and seeing myself in such an amazing way. But I love this community thing. So when you see those lovely little posts <laughs> in Gay Men's Brotherhood, are like, I don't know how to find community. Da, da, da. What would be some of your advice? Because you love building it. I can see that. Yeah. I can see by what you do. Yeah. Yeah. But if somebody's really struggling to find their people or build a community, what, what would be something the average gay guy who's really struggling with friendships and stuff, what could he do? Vulnerability, that's the first thing Mm. that comes up for me, is vulnerability is so magical when we feel secure, or I should say the vulnerability piece is really what is allow people to kind of see that person or to see that guy. Granted, I want to put on the record, it can be very unsettling to be very vulnerable, but just like a sentence or two of what the true facts is happening in your reality will allow someone to come in and share a different perspective. Because from my experience in my life and just, you know, doing this, Sometimes people are very, again, in your words, are in the shed that they don't see. Mm-hmm. They don't see like what they 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 just they're regurgitating the information, but they're not seeing the value in what they're sharing. Right. Um, so the vulnerability is the first piece. The second part of that is just continue showing up, you know, taking the initiative and doing any type of 
um, free social um, events or any type of connection building calls or you know anything that's offered um, in the space. Um, just show up, like just to show your face and make an introduction because that has been my, um, that has been a, a godsend for me, um, especially during the pandemic. And after mm -hmm. the pandemic is really connecting like on Zoom, right? Yeah. So the Brotherhood, the Gamers Brotherhood is based in Canada. I'm in the U.S. Granted, I have been to Canada multiple times. Um, you know, I have friends all over the world because of wonderful Zoom, right? So um, just showing up to, you know, just connection building calls. Mm -hmm. The third thing that I would mention um, about creating community is be patient. Like it's yes. not something that happens overnight. Like number two, just being consistent and showing up and being vulnerable and just taking a step by step. You don't have to jump from A to P, right? Take uh -huh. an A, B, C and give yourself grace or give yourself a kudo like, yes, today I posted in the group or today I was vulnerable and I, and, and I shared something that really meant something deep for me like yeah. just those small validations to yourself will continue and allow you to make further action so mm -hmm. i love that i love it. it's such a simple simple process like be vulnerable show up be patient and give grace i mean uh, it's like it's and i don't think anybody can't well somebody may not relate to that but i feel like the vulnerability if people don't really see who you are they don't know who you are but if you're not showing up, nobody's going to see you. It's that simple. And I'm not saying you have to go to a gay bar or anything, guys. I'm just saying there's so many places, so many places you can find to show up. For instance, we live in wine country here in California. And yesterday evening, we went to a, a winery right across the street from where we live. Friends of ours opened their tasting room. And we called these other friends and said, hey, meet us there straight couple that we've become really good friends with. I'm having a conversation with him about, you know, a work thing. And before I know it, he's like, oh, well, you know, do you know such and so and such and so? I'm like, no. He goes, oh, well, they're a gay couple that live right over here. It's like, okay, so there's this interesting mingling that could unfold. And because I was a professional thing, I'm reaching out to the guy he referred me to, you know, going to put some stuff out there about professional stuff. But I'm like, Hey, I guess you and your partner, husband live right across the street from these are the opportunities. If you don't put yourself mm -hmm. out there, they mm -hmm. may not drop in your lap. I mean, that was right. truly a drop, drop in the lap sort of thing. And, you know, I think sometimes we just don't give ourselves a time. It isn't going to happen overnight, you know, and if you don't try to get out there and show up somewhere, even if it's just online, guys, just show up, start making conversation. And, and let somebody see the, the truth of who you are. So, so before we wrap this all up, Mr. Warren, and just everything you've been sharing is amazing. So you said you feel like you're an empath, empath, empathic guide. Yes. What, yeah. Give us a little bit of insight into that, because I always find those, this is an interesting mm -hmm. space. 
you know, and it's so funny, like talking about community and like putting yourself out there. I did not know I was an empath. I was at mm. a, I was at a, a, a gay conference, like a gay dating relationship conference in July of 2021. And at that conference, granted, like the conference was not my cup of tea. Um, I met a guy like there that ideally I started doing coaching with and in that process, I became aware of me being an empath and really acknowledging all of the signs and the intuitions and the feelings and the voices that I would hear when it, like my consciousness. So just to put it, put it in a very nice bow is basically trusting my body and my intuition when it comes to people and just mm-hmm. ideas and um you know, decisions and, Mm -hmm. you know, do I feel safe? Is this the right move? Or, you know, being with a friend and, you know, kind of helping them give them some guidance and light in regards to a situation. It's not psychic energy, or maybe it is psychic energy. I don't Mm -hmm. know. But I have been able to connect with other people and myself in regards to trusting their intuition and providing light in uncertain times. Mm. Yeah. I think intuition is one of the greatest gifts we've all been given. And too many people don't, they don't lean into it. They absolutely do not lean into it. It's there. I'm not saying you have to be a full on empath and understand that. But there's so much intuition that happens on a daily basis. And if we listen to it, things happen. Good and bad, but mostly I find my intuition always serves me. Always Mm -hmm. serves me in a really beautiful, powerful way. It helps me trust myself to do things. It helps me stop myself from doing stupid things. Yes. Not all the time, but every once in a while, (laughs) I'm still still stupid. But but, um, it's it's really beautiful. So, um, well, I am... A, really blessed that our paths crossed. I'm so glad yes. we made the connection and we we said, let's do this. And again, he he does amazing community stuff with the Gay Men's um, Brotherhood podcast. I highly suggest you guys listen to that one as well. Um, there's so much good content out there. And I love yes. that you just became vulnerable and shared yourself here with my audience today, Warren. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So, yes, no, thank you. Thank you to the audience. I really appreciate that. Yes. And as things start to happen and things come back, let's have another conversation. And by then maybe we'll you'll have something you can say, yeah, and you want to work with me and do this sort of stuff. We would love to continue to like keep promoting whatever it is you're doing. And I love that you're on this journey, buddy. So I appreciate yes. you. I appreciate it. Thank you again. That's a wrap for 40 plus gay men, gay talk, where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 plus gay men, gay talk, where the conversations continue.